This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Before I get to uh, the calls, uh, CJ Carlisle guys said to me, pretty sure they asked you for ID because they keep track of the amount of pseudofenadrine that's brought by each individual in a given time frame. I was just hoping that they said, wow, he, he, he's, you know, can't have him. He must be a, how old is this guy trying to get some cough medicine? So they're looking out for you is what, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. That's what, and CJ's saying that too. CJ's saying, you know, they're making sure that, you know, you're not doing too much. You don't have a problem. You know, you're okay. So thanks, CJ. I appreciate that. I took it, Joe. You know, it's like, hey, you don't look that bad. Well, isn't that the way you should take it? Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I did. And CJ's just kind of confirming it in a different way, but, you know, it's interesting. And I just was, and obviously it's not a big deal. I just was surprised. I mean, you know. It's not like I went and tried to get an adult beverage and they said, hey, 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 hey. See some ID over here. Wasn't that? Just a little, you know, cough medicine. Over the counter. Not even prescription. It's regular over the counter, regular everyday cough medicine. Oh, it was what a day. I'm feeling good. And then it's like, oh, Randall. And then, you know, Singer. Ah. <sighs> Life of a fan, boys. Life of a fan. Spike's in St. Pete. Hey, Spike. That meal must have been special, my friend. I can feel your salivary glands still enjoying it. Maybe you could let me know uh, when you're off the air what it was so Susan could crank it up for me. Uh, Jan and Yonkers and Jose, my friends, diehard Nick fans, it's not as grave as we think. Uh, my recollection's pretty good. I believe Julius Randle in the last three years had Carmelo Anthony type of statistics, meaning he was above 32% uh, of his points were scored in the first quarter. Remember they ran that to side out elbow three for, Car- oh God, for yes. Car- Carmelo every game, and they yes. couldn't defend it. So, right. so and Randall, Randall, Randall was at the top three in the league in first point scoring compared to his proportion of his total point scoring. And he also opened up the second half like that, but mm-hmm. adjustments uh, were low at his percentage. I told you two nights ago when I called, and I told you off the air too, the same thing. I believe this to be true, that Ananobi and Hartenstein are more important to get back. Yes, you lose size. He's about two inches taller, about 25 pounds heavier than Precious Achua. But he doesn't play defense like Precious Sachua. And if I had to make a bet for rebounds per game, you play Precious Sachua. He's averaged when I when they got him. I, I pointed this out to you, and, and you you know you didn't doubt me. I said his he came into the league sixteen point eight minutes and five point nine rebounds. Now, if you double the minutes, you're not necessarily doubling the rebounds because mm-hmm. they, they're going to treat you differently. Uh, I hope he comes back. I do hope he comes back, but the problem's going to be rebounding, size. You got rebounding, 
turnovers and keeping the other team under their regular season three-point percentage shooting. That's the that's the method. That's the chemist test. Put it in a beaker, shake it up. You're going to win most of your games. We're mm-hmm. the one out, Ramble. If right. you control the boards, if you don't turn the ball over, and if you take a team, whoever it is, Jan, you mentioned Indiana. I'm not worried about Indiana. Not at all. They just they just don't they just don't play defense. And and if they come in shooting 38 percent, and you hold them to 39, 38, 37, 36, you out rebound them by eight or ten, which the Knicks have been doing, Larry. And you mm-hmm. keep your turnovers down to 13 or 12 or, or keep them. And you make your free throws, which they've been doing a little better this year. Mm-hmm. I think you're good. Now, yeah. Randall may cause some distraction, a bully ball. But, you know, I, I really believe that Sims is going to get more than spot playing now. He really is. I think he becomes critical because he's another banger off the boards. Julius is, is fine. The numbers can be replaced. That's why Leon went out and got two six five or better shooters from the outside. It doesn't matter how you get the points. It's right. how you get the rebounds. Yep. You need the yep. rebounds and you need the defense, Larry. And I, I want Randall back, but I'm still reticent to, to see what he'll do in the playoffs. The you know, track record shows you. I know he was injured. So I just can't wait till they start playing. I told you this afternoon, you know, when we communicated, I, I, just five days is driving me nuts. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I, I hear you, Spike. I hear you. I hear you. And, and, but I'll say this, and thanks for the phone call, is, um, you know, look, this college hoop's on. I've been I've been surfing. I've been enjoying the little college hoops. I saw a good game last night, Frisco and uh, St. Mary's. That was a good game. After I went off the air, stayed up late, enjoyed it. Nice game. It's getting that time. It's getting that time where you're you know you're starting to do because I'm not d- deeply into college basketball. I'm just not. But as you start to get around this time, I, I get curious to see what's going on and what's happening and what teams are. And of course I, I have a, a kind of a rooting interest in, in UNC because, you know, that's, 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 uh, that's the family team. Uh, we all love UNC, you know, the Duke, you know, the corners, you know, my, my family's from North Carolina. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, we're, we love Duke. We, we, we don't love Duke. We don't love, uh, you know, North Carolina State, you know, we're we're all North Carolina blue. And so I've been watching them and they've been, you know, they've they've been up and down. They've had really good some really good games and then they've had a couple of streaks where you're like, what is going on, Hubert Davis? What are you doing? So that's what you do now, Spike. You do some, you know, watch a little college hoops and get ready for the tournament where it's wall to wall hoops. Um here's what here's the thing for me. And you made some great points, as you always do. But, see, we look at Achua's rebounding is going to be better than Randall's rebounding because Achua's not really looking to score. Randall could be in the painted area. He could be around the three. And so there's rebounds that he's not going to get because of the position on the floor. Could he run? Could, could, could we get him to move there? Yeah, I guess we could. But just for the most part, because of him being the scorer for the most part, I, I, I don't see him, you know, being around the basket a lot sometimes. And so, and, and you know, with the times that he's playing and the minutes, 
sometimes, to be fair, he cheats on one end. And so he's more, he's not there defensively rebounding in, in, on some cases where sometimes he, sometimes he is, sometimes he isn't. If, if he is getting fatigued, he sometimes will rest himself on the defensive side and then be ready to help offensively. Well, you see him like walking up the court sometimes. So listen, there's no question what the Chew has been able to do. Uh, he's, been, he's been a godsend for this team. And I don't know if, if a lot of people knew what he could expect, would expect to be. Uh, but he has really been, he has really taken advantage of the playing time that he's been afforded to. And he's gotten a lot of it. Yes, a lot, a lot of it by necessity, but a pretty good amount of it too, because he's earned it. And he's, and he's provided, and he's been big on the offensive boards, and he's blocked some shots. So there's no question that he's been, you know, an asset on this team. But, and, and I get what you're saying about, yeah, our, Julius Randle, healthy. Here we go again, not healthy in the postseason. What can we expect? What are we going to do? Uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It'll be interesting to see. Hopefully, for me, I'm just hoping that he will be available during this time that he will not have to have the surgery. And all I'm doing is just saying to me, giving you the feeling I had when I heard him say, you know, if I may have still have to have the surgery because it just wasn't, it kind of wasn't in my mind, right? It, it wasn't, it was just, okay, he's going to rehab. He won't need the surgery because if he was going to need, here's the logic for me, right? If he was going to need the surgery, he would have had the surgery. They would have shut him down, okay? He's done for the year. He's got to have surgery to be ready for next year. Let's go out and make a deal to find somebody that's going to replace him or what are we going to do if you know, we don't have it? All right, but that's not what was said. So to hear him today kind of say, well, you know, I, I, there's a possibility I still need surgery. It's like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Steady progression, you know, like the, the boot is off, so he's, he can shoot. He's not running and jumping yet, but he can shoot on the court. He can do things like that. He's in the pool. He's on a bike. Uh, he's lifting. He's doing all those things. Each week, there'll be another step for him uh, to clear. And then, you know, when he, the same thing with him. When he's ready, he's ready. Tom Thibodeau or Mitchell Robinson. Remember him? Who's getting close to coming back? Hardesty Fagrasa on 98.7 ESPN. And on the Nick injury front, that's, you know, another big man who was trending towards being, listen, one of the better big men in the game. Uh, his ability to clean the boards on both ends, especially the offensive boards, has been fabulous. And uh, rim protection. And once again, would give you another body and add some depth. So folks are getting back. Folks are working towards coming back and being ready and hopefully being able to help you in this playoff push that you're going to have. The big question is going to be, can you stay healthy? And that's really what Jan was alluding to. Now, I don't think there'll be, and Jose as well, I don't think you're going to go down to the play-in. I mean, you know, I don't think so. I mean, I get that they're in fourth place and you're like, oh my God, it's going to be like, what are we going to do? But remember, they have been able to win games 
without Randall and without Mitchell Robinson. All right. I mean, they haven't had Mitchell Robinson in months. Okay. And they're so much to the point that they were trying to get the exemption to get somebody else because they didn't think he was going to be able to come back this year. And as it turns out with the way the injury was not as serious as some people thought, and he was able to rehab and do the things he's doing. And now he's in the position where he could be back. I would think, I would think they all will probably be back sometime next month at some point in time. That's what I'm hoping. So over the next what three weeks, four weeks next month, you have to be able to try and hold the fort and just continue to play the way you've been playing before all the injuries came in and you had hardly anybody playing. Of the people that are back now, Hartenstein, DiVincenzo, of those folks, uh, clearly of people who've been injured, all right? Clearly Hartenstein is the one that that is the one that, in, you know, you have to look at and hope that he can really, really stay healthy because of what he brings to the table. Defense, rim protection, size. I mean, Achua does a great job too. But Hartenstein, a little taller, a little bigger. So he's the one that really has, he's the one that really, you talk about somebody enjoying the fact that they were able to get some playing time, that was him. And he, he's been fabulous. He's been great. And so you need him to continue. Obviously, DiVincenzo's been shooting the lights out. I don't know if he can continue to shoot at that pace. I'm not sure. But once again, Josh Hart going to the basket, if he can continue to play well. You got the new guys, Burks and Bogdanovich, if they can continue to play well and give you points. You're not relying on just one or two people to try to make it happen. And is it going to take, are you going to take a little hit defensively in some cases? Yes, you will. But the extra offense, I think, will keep you afloat to the point that you, you're not going to, you know, drop that far down. I think you'll win your share of games. And then it's just a matter of you, you know, seeing what everybody else does, right? And you going out there being the best you can be. Uh, you know, not turning the ball over, sticking with your core values, playing the tough defense, rebounding, and and hitting your free throws. And you should be able to win some games while these guys are away. Jalen Brunson. Isn't it amazing we have gone this whole time talking this and haven't mentioned Jalen Brunson? Obviously, he is the irreplaceable player. He's the guy that can't you, you can't. You can't lose him anymore for any period of time. All right. He is the leader of this team. He's the heart and soul of this team. He's the identity of this team. During the All-Star break, he was asked, what can this team accomplish going forward? I think we can get better than what we were. We had a great January. Middle of February, obviously, we ended terribly. But we have a lot of things that we can still improve on. Now we're in a good spot, but still room to get better. So um, a lot to do. And they do. And the biggest thing they have to do, A, aside from staying healthy, is to really try to incorporate the new players so they become comfortable, so you become comfortable with them, so you understand where they like the basketball. Just the fundamental things of ingratiating yourself 
with new players on the team. All right? And knowing, you know, just, just the chemistry, building chemistry with them. So that's the biggest thing that you want to get done right now. And hopefully if you can do that, that's going to help you out and get you going where you can win some games and, and try to steal some games, okay, until the folks get better, get back healthy. I mean, you know, 14 and 2 is pretty good. <laughs> and I think when he's talking about getting better, he's talking about getting better in February, not the 14 and 2 January that they had because they were pretty good. But that, Jan- that February situation, you know, caused them some issues. And it's about how you deal with that adversity and injury. That's what it's about. And so we'll learn a lot about this team over the next couple of weeks. And will they be able to, you know, win the games they're supposed to win? Will they continue to be able to play games at home and, and do well? This, uh, listen, this, this Philadelphia game tomorrow night is a big game. It's a big game for the Knicks. You got to come out. It's your first game. And say, you got to come out. You got to win that game. You know, you need that game. No, I'm assuming, obviously, no Embiid. I mean, Tyrese Maxey has been, you know, has been fabulous for them. It's been great. Nick Nurse is an outstanding head coach. And at some point in time in that game, you can expect that they are going to take the ball out of the hands of Jalen Brunson. And they're going to make somebody else beat them. All right? And who will that be? Who's going to step up and take that challenge? Who's going to step up and say, okay, I got it. Let's go. Let's do it. And the next thing, too, that I'm really curious about seeing is, and we mentioned Burks and Bogdanovich, yeah, that bench. Will the bench be able to build confidence in Tibbs that he will be able to let Brunson rest there a little bit more? Because... I don't have to rush him back because the offense is not bogged down. The offense is moving. They're still getting baskets. The defense is okay. It may not be to the level of the starters, but they're out there hustling. They're trying. And the the offense is moving and we're getting points. And we are not only holding the lead, but we are extending the lead. And that's what you have to do. And that's what makes a good bench. Everybody's getting involved and the ball's got to keep moving again. Ball's got to move. I get it when, you know, people, you got, there's a bunch of injured folks out there and you got other people that, that you know, not used to playing a lot of minutes. You tend to want to, okay, I got to take this. I got to do a little bit more. No, you don't. You continue to play your game. Obviously, human nature is, let me do a little bit more than what I have to. Let me do a little bit more. I got to hit this shot. I got to score 50. I got to do, we, for us to have a chance to win, I got, no. Do your job. Let somebody else do, and then if the situation changes, then you make the adjustment. But you can't go in thinking, okay, we got to do all this, otherwise we got no shot. And I think with the injuries, and rightfully so, I get it. I understand it. With the injuries, I think a lot of guys thought that way. And, you know, it caused you to be worn out at the end of the game because you had to play so many minutes because you were limited with the talent, the, the, the available players. So you wore down. So 
Big game tomorrow night for the Knicks. I'm also, with the Nets back in action, obviously, very curious to see what they're going to do under Kevin Ollie. And I expect that there'll be probably an immediate change because he's a, it's a different voice. It's something different. But when they settle down, will he make a difference? Will, will he be able to get them to the point that they are a playing team at, you know, at the end of the season? Are they talent wise? I mean, they do they they don't have the superstar, but they're better than what they played because we've seen them play better. First part of the season, we saw them play. They're a 500 ball club. They were 15 to 15. 500 ball club is a playing ball club to me. Most of the playing teams are under 500. If you're a 500 team, you should have a shot at the playing. And the Nets are a 500 team. Or maybe a game or two either way. They should be a playing team. We'll see if uh, Kevin Ollie can get that rolling. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. My expectations, and I think their expectations, should be to hold each other accountable, do all the little things, the effort plays, you know, the loose balls, the contested shots and so forth, diving on the floor. I mean, these are things that should be expected. When you're when you're in the in the place that we're at right now, where we're um, flooring and grappling for every single thing we can, that's what I would hope to see over these next, you, you know, 28 games. And that's probably, to be quite frank, some things I haven't seen. We'll talk Yankee baseball in about 10 minutes, but that's Sean Marks of the Brooklyn Nets on what on the team's lack of effort and the things that he hasn't seen. And listen, in a perfect world, he is correct. In a perfect world, that's what you should see. You, should, you shouldn't have to tell players that they have to go after loose balls. They shouldn't, you shouldn't have to tell players that you have to do that. Sometimes when players stop doing that, it's because they've lost faith in leadership. It means that, yeah, we know we're supposed to do that to try to win, and I'm not saying they don't want to win, but what I am saying is they're saying, hey, you know, something's going wrong here. Things need to change. Because, okay, and Joe Leo, you're a Net fan. You know what I'm saying. At the first part of the season, that's what this team was doing. Cam Johnson was hurt, and they still were playing hard. They were playing very well. You had you had injury. One of the centers were hurt. Okay, and they still were were doing what they needed to do. Now, once again, all right, Sean Marks knew he needed a point guard. He knew that you know Spencer Dinwiddie's not a point guard. He's a scorer. So you didn't have a point guard. So when you look going into the season, knowing that you didn't have one, and understanding that, you know. That's, it, it's needed to, with a young team like that, to have some direction to help them move and, and put people in place in key moments of games that, that you had to know that you needed somebody to be the captain of the ship. And they didn't have that. And just because you got out to the, to the, to the pretty good start didn't mean that, oh, by the way, this wasn't going to rear its ugly head at some point in time. I mean... That's what the Knicks were doing a couple of years ago when they didn't have a point guard. They they would have these big, huge leads in the fourth quarter, and they would lose them over and over and over again. And we kept saying, boy, if we only had a point guard. 
Oh my God, we only had the point guard. Jeez, we just had a point guard. <laughs> so anybody, Sean Marks is not a dumb man. Sean Marks knows what to do. He's made some moves. He was able to get some talent on this team. So he had to know that that wasn't enough to work. And obviously, he couldn't have expected to say, well, we got Ben Simmons, that's our point guard, we're good. I mean, come on, he couldn't have expected that. Even Ben Simmons doesn't know when he's able to go. He has the best intentions, he wants to play. His buddy's betrayed him, he, he just can't, he doesn't, he's got to listen to his body, when his body's able to go, it goes. When it doesn't, he's sitting down. So, really, uh, right now, what this team has got to do with Kevin Ollie at the controls, is yeah, they got to give effort. Yeah, obviously. But how bad do they really want to win some games? Because you get to the scenario of not, you're not just playing for Brooklyn, you're playing for your career. You're playing to see, okay, how did this, how did this go? All right, the new coach came in. Who's going to take that leadership? Who's going to move on? Who's going to show what they can bring to the table? Who's going to who's whose talent level is going to continue to rise? Who are the leaders on this team? And so, that's what you want to see. And if you're a net fan, that's what you're looking for. All right, can he develop Cam Thomas? Can he uh, get this team to? be on one accord to know where they're going to be. Can uh, Schroeder continue to lead them and be consistent in being that point? He's a professional, he's a professional player. He's a professional point guard. He knows what to do. And he's, he's not bad defensively. So I'm very, very interested to see what's going to happen with this team. But more importantly, what happens with this team for the future? So Sean Marks was asked at his press conference yesterday, is there concern that potential free agents and coaches see this team as unstable? I would hope not. I mean, I think it's in some way it's pro sports. It's unfortunately the world we live in. I couldn't have predicted the last five or six years like none of us in this room could have predicted. So the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows that not only we've gone through, but everybody's gone through. I think I could make you know every excuse, but my job isn't up here to say, well, we all had to go through this, that, or the other, and the continuity from injury and, and so forth. So I'm going to move on from that, focus on on these guys right now. And uh, you know, as I said, we've we've shown the ability to put this franchise you know at the top of the map, and that, that, that's the plan to do again. And, and we want this to be a destination where not only. Uh, free agents want to come, but where we can develop our own guys. And we've shown we've done that in the past. We want to do that again. And, you know, we've got our own free agents to recruit. We've got, we've got to show them that there's a path to win here. And that's really, really important, not only for them, but for our fan base as well. Joe, do you want to keep Nicholas Claxton? Do you, going to, do you think they'll sign him? I hope so. But I, 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 I guess I'm the, the next GM. I hope so. What kind of ringing endorsement and advertisement is that for – Upcoming free agents. I hope so. Yeah, I really hope so that, that there's a plan here. It it really seems to me like Sean Marks is maybe a dead man walking and kind of has the same tone as Rick Pitino and calling out his guys. And I don't know if at this point in the season 
that's what you want to hear. Actually, actually, I know that's not what you want to hear from your GM. It's not the direction that I thought this team was going on. And I hope, you know, the guys like Claxton, like Royce O'Neal, like, or I'm sorry, like uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, like Mikhail Bridges when he's up, that they want to stay here, that they see the direction that we are not seeing on a day-to-day level. But, man, this does not... Yesterday did Sean Marks no favors. He, he He's almost better off not talking and taking the Leon Rose approach and just going radio silent after a situation like that. If I were a Nets fan, here's the thing that would concern me about his presser yesterday. What kind of coach are you expecting to get to come in here next season? Do you have a plan? It doesn't seem like it. Doesn't seem like it. Do you know what's going on to you? Well, we got to sign some of our free agents. I mean, listen, he's being honest. We got to sign some of our free agents. We got to see what we can do. We got, yeah, okay, fine. I get it. But, you know, um, once again on the K show, Don LeGrecker was talking about Jeff Van Gundy. I mean, Jeff Van Gundy would be a fabulous coach. But if I'm Jeff Van Gundy, am I? Do I want to go to Brooklyn? What, what's there for me to work with? Okay, I've got, okay, I've got uh, Mikael Bridges. I've got Cam Johnson. i got a young Cam Thomas. Okay? And, I mean, some of the shot selection Jeff Van Gundy's not going to put up with. If it's the same Jeff Van Gundy I remember from, from his Nick head coaching days and watching him coach the Houston Rockets after he left the Knicks, uh, it, you know, that, that, that type of shot selection is going to change. All right? Is he that type? Is he that type coach that's going to want to come here? I mean, who are you attracting right now? And as far as free agents are concerned, I mean, here's the thing about free agents. Right now, what they want to do is most of them, not all, but most free agents, they want to be a piece. They don't. They really don't want to be the final piece. They really don't want to be like you're relying. They want to be part of it. They want to be the icing on the cake, Joe and Harvey. They want to be, you're not relying on me. I'm, I'm, I'm here to add to what you already have. All right. Dame Lillard going to Milwaukee and he didn't go as a free agent. I get that. But Dame Lillard going to Milwaukee. Okay. He's going there. He's the addition to Giannis. He's not trying. He's not, you know, he, he was the only person the main person, rather, in Portland. Okay? I don't want to do that now. I want to go where I am added to. There's somebody already there that I can add and get better and take that next step. That's what free agents want. Free agents are not trying to be like, okay, I'm coming. I mean, free agents don't want to be Amari Stoudemire who came into Nick and said, New York, we're back. <laughs> you know, they don't want to do that now. They want to go to a team where, I'm part of this one or two other people there, and I can just add my talent to what they've got. That's what they want. And so when you look at this team, are there pieces there? Yes. But from a consistency standpoint, yeah, he's right. They've done it before. But every time they do it, John, I have to tell you as a fan, you tear it down. You build it up and then you tear it down. And again, I'm not, I'm not criticizing him 
for going after KD and Kyrie. A lot of people wanted to go for KD and Kyrie. A lot of people wanted KD alone. KD said, no, I'm bringing Kyrie. So listen, they rolled the dice. They went for it. It should have (laughs) worked. Sean Marks is in the exact same place that he found this team when he took over. Yep. The exact same place. So in order for him to get out of it, they have to do what they did in 17, 18, and 18, 19, take on bad contracts and hopefully get lucky with the pick that is attached to said bad contract. But if you're Josiah and the higher-ups at the Nets organization, do you really want to see Sean Marks do that again? Has he shown you enough that drafting that talent and then trading it away has he shown you enough to warrant hiring a fifth coach and going out and trying to execute a Donovan Mitchell-esque trade mm. to restart yet another rebuild? It's a perpetual rebuild in Brooklyn. Yeah. Well, I guess Josiah, if he does, you know what he's saying? He's either going to do one or two things. He's going to say, you screwed it up, fix it. Or he's going to say, I'm giving you enough opportunities that I get somebody else to come in here and do it. It's going to be one of the two. I think... Just And I have no information on it, no inside information. But I think he's going to give Marks a chance to fix it and clean it up. So I think you're going to have Sean Marks for a minute, and we'll see what he can do. We'll see, we'll see if they can find something or get something done to put them back into a better position than closer to what they were than what they are now. Hey, Anita Marks will be live from the park at UBS Arena on Saturday, February 24th, starting at noon. That's before the Islanders matinee matchup against the Tampa Bay Lightning. We're giving away four pairs of lower bowl tickets plus one pair of premium club seats at ESPNNewYork.com or on the ESPN New York app. Just scroll down the contest and submit your entry. Join the New York Islanders for every thrilling matchup in March. You can take advantage of special ticket pricing for upcoming home games at UBS Arena and be there for all the exciting action on the ice. Get your tickets today at NewYorkIslanders.com This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Right now we're chatting about the Nets. Matt's in Jersey. Matt, you are next on 98.7. How you doing, Larry? Thanks for taking the call. What's up, Matt? Uh, You know, so I just want to, you know, talk a little bit about what Sean Marks has done here. The one time he really got to pick a coach and really got to pick his guy was Kenny Atkinson. Mm-hmm. And people want to say that, you know, it, I, I just heard you saying that, or not you, but that the Nets are in a worse place now or they're exactly where they are when Sean Marks took over. No, they're not. They didn't have a first-round draft pick for like six years that they had control of. They got plenty uh, coming down the pipeline. So they're going to be able to get this done a lot sooner. In addition to that, they got a coach like Atkinson who was able to develop, and they had scouts that were scouring the NBA for diamonds in the rough and they develop players like Dinwiddie and turn them into NBA caliber players that, you know, would be bench players on a championship team. And then, you know, all of a sudden Kenny Atkinson couldn't coach once Durant and, and, and once Kyrie got here. No, they, they ran him out of town because they didn't want to play for him and they wanted Steve Nash. And then Nash, they had no business being the coach of this team. Mm-hmm. And that, and I feel like Atkinson or um, Marks's hand was kind of forced there. And then they got rid of him, and you know, Jock Vaughn did you know okay in the bubble when they got rid of Atkinson. Uh, so when when they run uh, Nash out of town, 
Remember, remember they could have had Ime Adoka, and mm-hmm. the media is the one who blew that up. They, they were the Nets were ready to bring him in, and the fans were saying yes, bring him in. The media blew that up. So has he really had a chance to pick a coach outside of Kenny Atkinson? I don't think so. And you're going to need some type of developmental coach that's going to be able to develop players and you know scour talent and, and really game plan for for what this team can do. And honestly, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Atkinson's the guy that they look to uh, off of Golden State's bench after the end of this season because they need a guy who's proven that he can do it and works within the confines of what Sean Marks is trying to do. Well, I'll say this, Matt, and thanks for the phone call, and this is just me. If I'm Kenny Atkinson, there's some things that I got to have in my contract to protect me from what happened to the last time I got here. Because you're right. Uh, you know, they turned it over. And, and what was so crazy about that, and Joe, you know this as a Nets fan, what was so crazy was that was the reason why KD said they wanted to come here. Look at what Kenny Atkinson has done. Look at the type of, of culture he's gotten here. He's got young players. The young players want to play for each other. We like what they have. We just want to be, you know, in addition to those players and everything. So, you know, if, if he, why didn't you think that he would be able to continue on once you got here? And then you heard Kyrie. Well, you know, even when they got Steve Nash, well, you know, some nights he's the coach, some nights I'm the coach. Some, and it's like, uh-oh, well, now you, you've already let that ship sail. It's going to be that much harder, Matt. Uh, I understand what you're saying about Sean Marks, but it's going to be that much harder for him now. Yeah, a developmental coach, but I, I, don't, know that, I don't know that that's what you want. You need somebody that's stable. you got to have somebody here that's going to be here a while to grow with this team. I don't I don't know that the developmental coach is, is the way you want to go. I don't know. I think you need a veteran coach that's going to be here that can establish something so that people can say, okay, they've got some, there looks to be some stability in this franchise. There looks, okay, they've got a coach that we think is going to be there for a little bit. It could be a young coach. Okay, it could be a young uh, veteran coach who's been here. But, you know, it's, it's going to take time. And Joe, when do you have a first-round pick? That is actually ours. It's yeah. like 2026. It's yeah. not anywhere he- soon. So you're going to have to make some moves. you got to take some bad con. you yeah. got to go the old school. you got to that's- take bad contracts. But that's what I was to- saying with yeah. where they were. That's where they were when, when Marks got here. And they need – I don't care if it's a coach that is a couple of years into his tenure – as an NBA head coach, they need somebody with an identity because uh-huh. that's what they've been searching for since Kenny Atkinson was let go. And Sean Marks did the sin that majority of GMs do when they bring in star players. They He pandered to them. Yeah. Because if you go back and look, LeBron did the same thing in Miami with Spolstra. He backed him when he first got there. Then the first sign that stuff was going awry, he kind of did the LeBron passive-aggressive stuff and wanted Spolster out of there, and Pat Riley was not going to play those games. So uh-huh. Sean Marks needed to put his foot down and say, this is how we're going about it. I built something here. You're going to add to the legacy of what we're building here, and he didn't do that, and now he's forced to pick up the pieces because of it. Yeah, it's not going to be easy this time. It just doesn't, because you're looking at this 
if you're a player, you're like, okay, what is this team? What is this team? What are they going to be? What are, they have pieces. Like I said, Johnson is a is a really good piece. Mikel Bridges is a really good piece. Cam Thomas can be a good piece. He's a young player. He gets more experience. He can score. There's no question about it. He can create off the dribble. He can hit. He can hit. He's got a good jumper. There's things he can do. You've got some veterans on there. You have pieces. But what are you? how are you going to get that next piece that settles all that and brings that all together? That's the question. Column's in the Bronx. What's up, Column? What's going on, Larry? Um, I was going to talk a little bit of the Yankees, kind of okay. kind of switch it up for a, for a moment. But um, mm-hmm. a lot of the talk that I've heard recently on, you know, over uh, over the airways with the radio is one thing that I hear with um, with Michael Kay. He's saying, like, if everything works out for the Yankees and everything, you know, hits all the players, you know, hit what they're supposed to do, mm-hmm. this team is capable of making the playoffs and winning the World Series. I look at it also as if a lot of those things don't hit, they have just as likely chance of missing the playoffs. I look at it, I don't believe that Stanton is all of a sudden going to resurrect himself and start being a, consi- a, a more consistent hitter. He's never really a consistent hitter. He's always been a heat, heat hot, off and on kind of guy, but I don't think he's going to get back to what he was two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't think I think DJ LeMayu is going to continue to regress, in my opinion. I don't know if Carlos Rodon is all of a sudden going to decide, hey, I'm a good pitcher again, and my atrocious time last year is is gone. I don't know if all of a sudden, you know, Anthony Volpe can say, hey, I'm going to start being more consistent hitter and start living up to my potential, and I'm not going to be battling the Mendoza line all season. Like, there's way too many question marks on this team. So, I don't – it makes me very nervous. I hear what you're saying, Colin, and thanks for the phone call. Listen, there are questions with every team. Look, You look at the Dodgers and what they've been able to do. They still have questions. How do you know that Yamamoto is going to be able to perform the way he's done previously? You don't know. Atani says he feels he's feeling better taking swings. All right. Uh, you know, but he's not playing in any of the games this week. And obviously it's early. There's, there's questions with every team. And the reason why there's questions with every team, Colin, very simply, is because the injury factor. Injuries will derail a season. Believe me. As a Met fan, I was looking forward to having Verlander to start my season last year. I didn't see Verlander until June. And he should have been, I'm thinking, you know, after watching him, and I don't have to tell you about Justin Verlander as a Yankee fan, okay, after watching him and what he was able to do with, with, with Houston, I was looking forward to him. I'm like, oh, man, we got Justin Verlander. We're going to be in business. June was when I saw him, June. So... You know, yes, there's a lot of questions. There's questions with every team in every sport, no matter what the sport is, because you just don't know how things are going to be. That's what makes it sports. 